Welcome back to the Seeker Strength Podcast. Uh, this week, we are talking about systems, training systems, uh, support systems, all those good things that are known as systems for your training. So, Garth, this was your kind of mind baby uh, or your suggestion. So, do you want to give the people an introduction of like what your feelings are? Well, it's all systems, any kind of systems. Yeah. Systems from tying your shoelace, you know, to um, yeah. taking your fucking vitamin d every morning at the same time or you know any kind of system like having systems in place for you know if you want to evaluate the training effect of something you're doing in training yeah so like you need a system of seeing does that elicit a positive or negative effect or no effect yeah or do you you know a training a system where everything outside of your training is facilitated you know a routine all of that good stuff to facilitate your training as best as possible that's kind of what I was jamming at. But it makes sense, like, if you're talking about national training systems, like, that's the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, we were talking the other day there about, say, Romanian weightlifting right now isn't, for example, incredibly, you know, inundated with lifters by the looks of things. They don't seem to have any, such a cohort of top-level national lifters anymore. From what we can see, you know, they've been kind of slowly fading away as, like, people like Gabriel have gone. Um, I think there's two good females right now, and I don't know the last good male for example yeah what's his name oh whatever it's really fast going but we were kind of talking about getting that system in the first place is so difficult and setting up a system like that that like readjust like how would you restart a system like that you know we're talking about just like all the way up from your own personal training to trying to set up a training system for multiple elite athletes to win an olympic gold medal in 10 years time yeah yeah i think as well the the other end of that would be like what you see with Rit Suarez at the moment where they have a system and like the system is basically four athletes or three athletes uh, and that seems to be like Edwards has basically been, been cultivating that since those kids were six or seven years old uh, and that's like I don't think that's like a national system I think they have like Latvia have a national system but it just shows or like it kind of points to the amount of time and the amount of commitment it takes to set up a system or just even just get athletes bought into a system where you might have two or three or four international level lifters at the end of it. Um, and that's why I think it is so hard for people to get in as as athlete, like as adult athletes or even as late teen athletes to get in and to be actually competitive at an international competition or competitive for a few competitions in a row internationally i think is is very very difficult because you don't have those 20 years of coaching and direction and concentration behind you and like say for example you know if you look at them kind of the inputs that you need for a system like a national level system like that you know you need so for example say like latvia they have loads of weightlifting gyms they have the space they have all the equipment but it, it takes a lot more than just having that gym you know or having those pieces of equipment you need knowledgeable coaches you need to be able to pay those coaches you know they need to be feel safe that they can do what needs to be done with the athletes as opposed to for example a lot of times in ireland with our you know our national level athletes if they've for example one bad season or and i'm just, this is this is homogenous to a lot of countries to be fair where like they'll have one bad season and suddenly their funding will go from a very solid livable wage you know maybe forty thousand a year plus or minus yeah. or whatever down to like twelve thousand a year and they've got from a stage where they are they're doing they're doing good like they need to keep 
performing every year, but they're making a wage and they have a career for themselves to all of a sudden they're back to funding that a PhD student might get in first year of their PhD, you know? Yeah. And I like that goes for athletes and for coaches as well, because I think the thing with athletes, especially if they're like between 16 and 19 and they're in any way talented in a lot of countries, look, if funding is even remotely an issue, they're going to go to a different sport. Like it, it's just the way it is that like weightlifting athletes will probably be able to get into sprinting or sprinting athletes be able to get into weightlifting or field sports or team sports where funding won't be as much of an issue. Uh, support definitely won't be as much of an issue. And you probably have more likelihood of being like a successful athlete overall uh, than you would in like in an e-sport such as weightlifting. And then, you know, those coaches will then, let's say you do, you do have the funding for, you, you have the funding for those athletes. You have the funding for you to live as a coach that you're getting a good wage. You have the funding to take them where they need to go. Like you see a lot of training camps. That doesn't even mean like that's just the bare minimum for that kind of situation. Like yeah. you're just set up there, but then the day to day and acting of coaching these athletes, getting them where they need to be psychologically, physically, getting them to wherever that is. You know, like Red Fires. I think they're down to three now or something, wasn't it? it was yeah. Him, um, Artus. I can't think of the second the other name. And then there was one. Was there one rather lifter with them? Yeah, was it I think he three? did say three. So they went from you know five six oh i think it was three actually there's another younger lifter there with them but you know they get paid to be athletes you know they get yeah. decent money and that's still not enough you know so that, that kind of system if you think about the all the variables and all the hard work and all the knowledge and all of the um just the good graces that need to go into that system to allow it to even happen like to get off the ground you know before you even get an olympic champion you need to think about that in your own goals when you're trying to achieve things like if you want to achieve something you need to think about all those variables and get everything sorted like if you really want to achieve something not just you know at this time of year a lot of people are like this year now i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna do five crossfit competitions and i'm gonna uh, fucking i'm gonna four racing competitions as well and then, then i'm gonna do a powerlifting meet i'm gonna run, I'm gonna a run triathlon. a triathlon yeah i'm gonna run a triathlon and then it's just um some for obviously for some people they're just throwing fairy dust out there and they're just like they're just saying it just to sound cool basically yeah but then there are other people who do it and they are um they mean it like though they they're going they want to do those things yeah and but I then think they go ahead and just keep doing crap in terms of value for us and like what this podcast today should be about um is if we start looking at systems now that like if you're an athlete and you're listening to this you're a coach and you're listening to this that these are systems that you should look at bringing in so like i think starting off very very base like basal rate should be you just looking at being like getting your recovery on point so that system might be you going to bed every night at the same time and you getting up every morning at the same time and that's like your system or even if it's a thing of like honing in your sleep hygiene so you might be leaving your phone uh, on a locker at the other end of the room or you might be blacking out the blinds in your room or you mightn't be taking on large amounts of food directly before going to bed so that's like i think that's probably the first system people should look at doing if they're looking to improve athletic performance so essentially there's you know you need to look at things like can you 
repeat these actions so there's no point for example so the things fit out there for example you know putting the phone away it's very easy you literally don't need it you don't need money for those it doesn't take a lot of time it literally takes you two seconds to put the phone away on the other side of the bed or leave it outside the room and then go to sleep like there are things that you can do but you know for example your system might involve let's say you've said something crazy like you want to run the triathlon but do a weightlifting competition like you need a bare minimum amount of time to do multiple different kinds of training you know and like is it feasible like do you have that much time to train do you have like for example Suarez as we were talking about him he is you know they did four training sessions a day so half an hour in the morning two full training sessions another half an hour in the evening do do you have that time you know do you realistically have that time to do that and I'm not saying you can't do whatever goals you've set up for yourself this year but do you have all the variables or more importantly will you make the time to do those things like will you make those sacrifices for those variables you know will you facilitate yourself as best as possible yeah and, and a lot I, of people won't do that kind of thing no that's what i was about to say i think people make the mistake all the time of looking for optimal systems or like optimal inputs and they just don't like they're just not it's not that they're not being honest uh but they just think like oh i'm obviously going to start taking a supplement that or like a supplement regime that involves me taking five things a day uh, at two different stages across the day and then they just won't stick to it. So I think the most important thing for you to be looking at if you're an athlete is like not only is this going to be a good system. So like is this a good sleep routine? Is this a good supplement protocol? Is this a good training program? You have to firstly look if it's effective. But then you also have to think like does this fit into where little Timmy is at the moment? Like is little Timmy going to actually go for a cold shower every morning or is little timmy going to do ramwad four days a week and then you know i would say it's nearly more important that you just stick to any system rather than looking is it effective because you know if it's effective it'd be obvious like if you were for example trying to run the triathlon but you are doing uh you're, you're doing a lot of weightlifting for your training obviously yeah. you know you're going to know that's not effective but following any kind of system will be far more effective than following uh, no system basically for those kind of things like so enacting anything and then you will learn as an experience you know you'll learn what system or what parts of your system are more effective you know if you're looking at injury rehab or prehab work you will you will learn those minor details what work best for you but consistency with them is the biggest thing you know you like your most of your actions will only have a, a very small percentage effect on your actual training outcome you know so you need to do multiple ones of those you need to do it multiple times to stay on top of it and really, it's degree, like a lot of people just don't stick with those things, you know? Yeah, I think if you are like in that position now and you have two or three goals in mind. So like we'll just take the examples you've given, Gerf, uh, running a 10K, doing a weightlifting competition, doing a CrossFit competition. Start looking now at like the shape you need to be in when you get there. So like the physical shape you need to be in, the amount of experience you need to have gleaned from your training and probably like the psychological headspace you need to be in. So look at those three things. Uh, like if it's 10K, being lighter is going to be better. Uh, having done a lot of running leading up to it is going to be better. Uh, being like having a very good aerobic base is going to be better. So if you even just pick those three things, you probably need to start looking at systems around those. So like the first thing, being lighter. So if you're running a 10K at 110 kilos body weight, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder than if you run it at 90 kilos body weight. So very, very simple thing. If that's eight months out, you start paying attention to your nutrition right now. You start tracking things at the moment. And then it's like a tiny amount. It might be a kilo a month you lose. Um, 
and then eight, ten months down the line, you're significantly lighter and it's going to make a big difference. And like this system of like whether it's tracking calories, whether it's hiring a nutrition coach, whether it's doing like an occlusion diet like fucking paleo or whatever, uh, get a system on board now that's going to lead to that goal at the end. You know, like weightlifting is a great example of something that will only, will has to take time. You know, you can only, progression will only haps, happen so fast. You know, so a lot of times people, everyone will be like, yeah, I know I have bad technique, but I need, I just need to fix a few things, you know. And realistically, those few things could take uh, five years to adjust or six months. Or eight. like people don't give enough credence to their goals, you know, the things they need to fix. They underestimate, you know, there's a good thing is like you can under, you underestimate what you can do in it, overestimate what you can do in a day, but underestimate what you can do in a year. Yeah. Like people think a few cues and that's the problem with, you know, a, a lot of weightlifting being over the internet is people, it's kind of been boiled down and it's not people's fault for assuming that, that you can just boil it down to a few cues, you know, uh, one or two cues and then you'll just boom, done. You know, that's kind of the, yeah. like, um, you know, like clock off making videos early a couple of years ago or, you know, like Chinese weightlifting talking about st- stuff, you know, like just random things. And realistically, like it's not just a few things. It's literally months and years, you know, and you need to give it that, that kind of weight. You need Absolutely. to like, give it that much respect that how long that's just going to take, you know, and that's how long you need to be consistent with something. I think people as well, because they're used to, like if you go into a gym, any gym and you start getting a bit of coaching, and you'll get some like kinesthetic feedback. You'll get some cues. There might be like visual cues where someone is like, think about standing up tall or tighten your back up in the deadlift or uh, stand up fast at the top of a clean. People are used to getting huge amounts of like progression from very, very simple cues. And they're used to that being like, this is how, like the only difference between me and Lu Jejun is that Liu has had more cues for longer because they're used to this progression being like a huge increase. It might be a 20% increase in the course of a day purely because somebody has stood there and corrected what you're doing with your movement. When people get more experienced, and it's just the nature of the snatch and the clean and jerk that you, you'll still have technical errors even when you're very, very experienced, those periods of like the length of time it takes to learn something or the length of time it takes to bring in a new cue is absolutely exponentially longer like if you try and get uh if we try and get girth to change something in his snatch that takes way fucking longer as somebody who snatches 155 kilos versus uh little timmy who's in the gym for three months now and they're snatching 80 kilos you know, like we can change little Timmy like this because he's still very, very plastic and, and we can mold him how we need to. He's used to taking cues. He's used to altering things. He doesn't have a motor pattern that's incredibly well kind of driven in and routed into his soul. If we try and change something in Girth, like if we try and change Girth into a fucking squat jerker today, uh, you're going to have a horrendous time of it. And it's not that he's not like a skillful learner. It's not that he wouldn't be very, very coachable as an athlete. It's just that as you get further along that road and the weights are much, much higher and the repercussions of weights going wrong is much, much higher, it's just a lot more difficult to change things. And like, that's just an example of how it pretty much everything will progress, you know. So if you are, if you do want that, if you want better body composition, so everyone knows like you'll, you'll lose a few kilos within the first like two weeks, you lose a lot of weight, but then after that then like making any kind of positive change what your diet 
but then after that then if you want to make a meaningful change it'll take a lot longer than that you know so you need to fucking you need to be you need to have a system you know a routine a way of thinking about things and way of enacting things and a plan for that now not a you don't have to have a rigid plan you don't have to be it's not totally inadjustable but you need to have some kind of plan that allows for that adaptivity too of course as you move through then because that's the only way you'll keep making progress because the progress will start becoming very obvious and it'll start becoming it'll go from one thing will make 10 percent adjustment to one thing will start making 0.5 percent adjustment or 0.1 percent adjustment and you need to do that every day for you know a couple of weeks before you get another total one percent adjustment or something like that you know and that's that's how long it will take yeah i think we're we preach all the time here about um you know make other things in your life suit your training or make other things in your life suit the goal you want to get to right now so like if you're in a job that takes a load of your time and you can't train that hard try and alter your role in some way uh, if you have like habits or routines outside of work and training that aren't productive for your training, try and alter those in some way. But I think for the for the sake of today, and, and it's important to say it, that when you're coming up with these systems or when you're adopting a new system, you need that system to work for you. Uh, like an example of that would be GERF's like morning obligations. Like GERF's morning obligations work for GERF because he doesn't like he only trains in the evening it's never going to get in the way of morning his uh like employment position at the moment means that it's a great time of day for him to train and it also suits around him eating breakfast and taking on food it suits around him walking the dogs so it all of these things are kind of pulling in the same direction if i was if girth was like a one-to-one client of ours and I said, uh, Gurf, I need you to do a 25-minute or 30-minute session every day on top of your normal training. And I didn't consult him on that. I just said, uh, you're going to do it at 7.30 in the evening. And now suddenly, Gurf has to train earlier in the day because he'll have to get home in time to do his like obligations or else he'll stay in the gym longer in the evening. So now a two-hour session becomes a three-hour session because he's kind of hanging around in between. It is imperative that you look before you bring anything new into this realm that you look at does it fit like you wouldn't go and try and fit new tires to your car without checking does it fit is it going to be efficient uh so make sure you've thought about all these before you sign up to a new diet plan or sign up to new coaching or new programming or try and bring in an, an additional element of training for you you know it's funny you mentioned for example changing your employment position and it sounds kind of drastic to a lot of people and a lot of people won't do it you know and it's just one of the many examples of things people won't do to hit what they want to do now i'm, I'm not there's, i'm not thinking of anyone i'm literally not i'm not accusing anyone of, like subtly <laughs> here of doing anything but most people won't do what needs to be done to achieve what they need they want to do or what they say they want to do you know so like if you have that goal like is it really your goal or is it just something you you have aspirations to be cool to do like is is that triathlon running because you really want to run a triathlon because it it calls you in your sleep or is it because you're like i'd like to run a triathlon oh and you know i'd really like to win the lottery as well tomorrow you know yeah. is it just the thing you say is is it just the thing you're throwing out there or is that something you really want to do you know and i think a lot of people a lot of people won't do that you know and like giving up a job is a great one because everyone knows the fear of changing a job even if you hate your job, like even if you're in a job that you don't like, sometimes it's so much easier just to stay there, you know, not change it, you know, or you, let's say you are a weightlifter right now and you've, you, you kind of think you do run around the triathlon. You might not ever do that. Or, 
actually you know what's more common is the reverse a lot of times people want to do weightlifting but they just cannot let go of crossfit they just cannot oh. let go of it they won't do what they it's need like to do it's like a disease they won't it's it is a disease it's like a fucking std like i'll just do a quick wad with the lads i just i have to, i just did a wad they were doing it in why gym, do they keep wanting to do wads with each other like what's the story I know, it's like a, it's disgusting but all those things but they're all things that people you know if you really want to do something a lot of times people won't do it you know they won't risk it or they won't make those changes um now i'm you know if you're listening to this you might it, the shoe might fit for that kind of phrase you know like you might be thinking about something that you want to do but you're not going to do it uh, the only thing i would say is you know don't give it 20 years time and be like fuck why didn't i do that you know like the and importantly like it's not the easy thing to do as well you know so it's, it it might not be the thing you're thinking about doing might be so much more harder like you might be very comfortable now so i'm not you might not even in a position you're you might be very happy right now so you might be in a position where you like your job you've great hours um you like the kind of training you're doing but the thing you might want to go do could be f- f- so uncomfortable every day might be uncomfortable for it for months on end you know uh, like so you could it it could be a harder decision like you might not be going to something it might not be fear of taking the jump but getting there where you're jumping to might be more difficult you know are you talking about working for Sika? <laughs> no <laughs> no but there is people out there like who've like there's women like there's a woman there in the crossfit she or when i was going to a few years ago she she was a nurse and she like climbed on there or got the base camp on Everest and climbed like k2 and shit like that you know like yeah that's that's what i mean like that's what i'm sure that's a lot more difficult than just working her job like you know yeah um she didn't give up her job but she obviously made to make huge sacrifices for that you know i think as well you know when you're talking about um like people talking about something being a goal and it might be a goal it might just be an aspiration or think it might be cool to do that like there's absolutely nothing wrong with somebody just enjoying a sport and they they might say like oh i want to snatch 140 but they just really just enjoy the sport they might enjoy the group they train with they might just enjoy the thing of training on their own or whatever it is or how they feel physically when they do it but it's not that it's not important to you like you don't have to be elite all the time but it's very important for you when you're setting goals and bringing structures in that you're not lying to yourself you know like i'm I have no illusions of grandeur when it comes to training, you know? Like, it's not something that I see for myself right now that I'm going to be training, like, 11 sessions a week. It's not something that, like, this is the make and break of how happy I am in life that I'm incredibly competitive at my sport. Like, myself and Owen set goals uh, incredibly differently when it comes to sports. Like, Gurf is driving incredibly hard at the moment, to make himself the best weightlifter possible he'll do everything possible when i set goals for training i'm in no way lying to myself i'm like i really want to do this like i really want to squat 500 and run a sub five minute mile in the same day that's something i'm really driving for at the moment but it's not it's not the be all and end all if the training for that sacrifices my ability to go and do the things i like to do then I will just elongate the training process and and make it not so intense. So I think if you're setting goals for yourself right now and you're trying to figure things out in your own head, have like, go into the corner and have a chat with yourself and be like, what do I really need to get from this? Why do I want to do this? What's the, the reason behind wanting to do this? And I think once you start being a bit more honest with yourself, and once, because if you say you're going to train every day 
and then because you're not really committed to it and you've all this other shit going on and you train three times a week that's going to be detrimental to your ability to set goals and go and achieve them in the future whereas if you're honest with it if you understand where that your priorities lie and then you set goals accordingly you're going to be a hell of a lot better off in the long run there, like there is nothing wrong with wanting just to enjoy training there's nothing wrong with just wanting to go to cross four times a week and then enjoy the rest of your life there's no no there is no requisite to be good at anything to enjoy whatever you're doing in your life like you don't have to now i know people who listen to this will enjoy training but you don't have to be good at training to enjoy training yeah it makes a difference but a lot of times being good at training makes training much harder and it makes it much much more unpleasant most of the time <laughs> and it will make you very uncomfortable outside of training you will be like you will be a lot more tired outside of training for other things you know you will just be because like if you're training for something big you know you will not be in a position where the other things in your life will be as enjoyable and there is no there is nothing like there's there's no requisite to be <laughs> good at anything like you don't have to be good to enjoy whatever it is you're doing like you don't have to go to the olympics to enjoy a game of badminton once a week yeah no you don't have to train like an elite at least it would help but i don't think it would make it less enjoyable very often like you know i have gone for a swim in about two years and i would like to go to swim but that doesn't mean i want to be go to the olympics or swimming yeah and there's nothing wrong with that like i know people very well who won't do certain things because they know other people are better than them at it and like even though they might really fucking enjoy going and doing this thing they just won't go dead they won't do it it's not something they're going to invest time in they have to be elite all the time and that's not a like that's not a positive mental attitude where you're uh you're deferring like enjoyment because you can't achieve mastery uh and i think for a lot of people who listen to this podcast you're probably concentrating on your training in one element like probably very 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 concentrated on it in one element whether that's powerlifting weightlifting crossfit rugby whatever it is but if there's other things you enjoy doing, you can still go and do them. We've gotten so far off topic here, girl. So what we're trying to say is you <laughs> go to the Chinese, right? And you save those Tupperware tubs. So then when you're doing your meal prep, you can still have those Tupperware tubs. Great. That's what I wanted to get to. Tip. That was the only point of this whole podcast. Actually, yeah, we haven't gotten off topic, and, but I suppose. And yeah. add on to that, just as we're on this, this is the best tip you've given ever, I'd say, in the podcast. Uh but the second best tip ever is that you can go to your Chinese takeaway or your Thai takeaway and you can give them two or three or four euro and they will give you a box of takeaway tubs. They will give them to you for nothing and you don't even have to buy anything. You just have to buy the tubs. There's not even, there's not really takeaways in Ireland anymore. It's all like Asian street food. They've all rebranded now. So it yeah. seems quite healthy. People are like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's a Asian street food. It's not, that pad it's not thai is so healthy. There's nothing wrong with a three-in-one, lads. You know, nothing wrong with it. If anyone doesn't know what that is, the three-in-one in Ireland is rice, um, chips, or French fries, if you're American or Canadian, and then just curry sauce. Yeah, and then there's and a four-in-one. Four in one. Yeah, with the addition of uh, some form of meat. Yeah. Oh, and I'd love a three-in-one Listen, one right if now. one of your goals is to be in better shape, you can make those with your macros and you get the top for So don't let anyone <laughs> tell you it's not true. Like, obviously, we went a lot off tangent there, but I suppose before you set a system... Is there any point in you setting up your life, investing money? Uh, more importantly, investing mental capital into this goal that you think you want to hit and then only six weeks down the line have just flailed around in the metaphorical water and not gotten anywhere with it. Whereas if you'd been like, do you know what? I don't really want to snatch 100 kilos. I think it just sounds cool, but I'm pretty happy training. And then you might end up hitting it anyway with your training. But 
you know it's important to evaluate where you are and then invest in that system yeah one of the things i did want to invest or touch on was the system you know of your of your training programs as such so talking about is something working so if you are for the first step in that i think is very important is if you don't have a coach is probably recording your own training meticulously no matter how dumb stupid shit the session was was just writing down exactly what you did so then you can kind of look at what you're doing and then as your knowledge grows hopefully as it grows or you learn more or you learn more to experience you gain a bit of knowledge it fits as a load of training notebooks there in his hand right now but if you analyze what you've done it gives you a better chance of seeing if something works so if you're like i wonder if me instead of doing a second day of regular back squats i'll do a second day of pause back squats so i'll do pause back squats and one back squat once a week and then one regular day of back squats so i have two sessions of back squats one of them are pause and then after six weeks or eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever i um i plan out my the plan for those 10 weeks and then i retest my max and then if it goes up or it doesn't go so you've evaluated something you've written down what it is you've looked at the loads or whatever the sets and reps and then you can kind of you know you have a system in place there for seeing what does work and what doesn't work and if it does work then you know exactly what you did because you've it all written down and you rinse and repeat until it doesn't work again yeah i did journaling your training i think is something you get huge bang from your buck for it costs you nothing and it's so fucking valuable moving forward like i'm going to give you a funny example here uh so i pulled out training diary from 2015 well it's like an everything diary from 2015 so there's some food uh inputs here as well interestingly enough how fancy was i in first or, or no when was this anyway i had a blueberry and banana omelette for breakfast on the 23rd of april 2015 for breakfast what the fuck was wrong with me yeah it was a thursday though so i definitely just had food left over that was going off and i probably put it all in the omelette um but there's a session here right so this is supposed to be 86 kilos for three doubles on the snatch and i showed this to girth yesterday because i thought it was quite quite funny right uh, I end up doing a lot of sets and I fail nearly all of them. So I go 86 kilos for a double, 86 fail, 86 fail, 86 made it, 86 fail, 86 made it. So I should be done now. I've already done two and a half times more than I should have. Then I fail 86 twice more, then I make it twice more, then I fail it three more times. Uh, and having training diaries like this, obviously it's hilarious to look back at this five years later and be like, how much did I annoy Potty, who was coaching me at the at the time, uh, because it keep going over. But it's so important because if I go to like four weeks later, uh, where you see like training has progressed now, it's like similar weights. The failures aren't happening. I've obviously learned or I've probably been given out to, uh, to be like, stop being a fucking idiot. But when you're looking at these in the short term, it keeps you on track and keeps you like there's a, there's a reason there's a second one on my desk that says 2021 on it because tracking your training and being able to look back a week or being able to look back two weeks uh, or if your programming goes like high volume medium volume low volume once you go back to high volume in maybe six or eight weeks time or longer maybe 10 or 12 weeks time when you go back there you can refer back and see like oh shit look i know i did tens three months ago and this is how they felt and this is how I was feeling the next day. Uh, it's very valuable to have that because you forget that. People forget all the time how they felt, 
how training made them feel like how they reacted to weight nothing will set you up for failure better than not having a plan or a system in place as well so like if you're looking for like not having a training program not having a nutrition plan if you have a body composition goal you want you gain or lose weight either one of those like if you don't have a system in place or a plan in place like nothing you if you're talented enough you'll get some of the way there but i hate that phrase you know if, um hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work or whatever but that's not really true right because talent would win anyway because that's what talent means but yeah. on and a different kind of level if yeah if you have two kind of average talented people <laughs> the person who has a system will always do much better like you can be averagely talented and do quite well in weightlifting or endurance sports or CrossFit if you have a great system and plan in place and you commit yourself to it. And like that is not something that I'm, you know, making up. That does happen yeah. with people. You know, you can, you might never be great, but you can certainly be very good if you make a good system in place and you're meticulous with everything and you do what needs to be done instead of half-assing through things and not having a plan. You know, too often, like, uh, and kind of ragging on CrossFitters a little bit, but they'll come into the gym and they'll just you know make up the wad for the day and if you just like doing crossfit and you don't really care then that's perfectly fine if you want to enjoy your crossfit but if you are you know competitive crossfitters you've got to have some kind of system of overload yeah. or progressive overload for your your wads and for your aerobic fitness like it doesn't change like you've got to be pushing yourself a little bit more every week for example like i don't think matt fraser and tia come into the gym and shane starts making up whatever wad they're going to do he might though you never know but i don't think he does yeah i think you touched on a very important point there as well that like hard work is almost never the limiting factor for an athlete. I could say with very close to certainty that 90% of listening, like listeners to this podcast, them working hard isn't what limits them. Them being lazy or really proactive isn't the, the deciding factor. It's the way they go about things, the things they organize around training, their programming for training, their nutrition that fuels them. It's almost never the working hard piece. And I think if you're like, look, there's definitely people who hard work is is their limiting factor. Like if you're trying to make like lifestyle changes or uh, whatever it is, like there's plenty cohorts of people out there who just don't work hard and they can't make the change they want to make because of it. But in terms of sports performance, like Gurf, I don't know about you, but I, I rarely meet an athlete where laziness is the is the deciding factor in how good they'll be. Yeah, or how that, bad like, they'll be. People will work hard for years and not get better. Yeah. And that is such a shame. Because the worst part then is someone with a lot of talent will come in and like just half-ass and do so much better. Yeah. Whereas that person, if they had a better plan in place, if they had something, if they had a system in place and a plan to push themselves to new realms, you know, and do things that were overloading themselves, they'll be so much better than they were. They might not be as good as someone who's talented, but they'll certainly be a hell of a lot better than, you know, what they would have been. Like the Soviets, for example, in their weightlifting manuals and their their books for Ari Roman, for example, talks about if an athlete, it's not if an athlete gets better, it's when an athlete. So they're like, after year one, they should have this much added to their total. After year two, they'll have this much and so on and so forth. And they will give what needs to be done. And it's not talked about as if, if it will happen, it's when it happens. Yeah. Uh, you Because you do this, you do what needs to be done and the system's in place because they're full-time athletes. Yeah, I think like this is the perfect example of you need like a, a performance model and like Andre Remnick like that they all of the Eastern Bloc had their performance models all the big professional sports teams will have performance models now like we teach a performance model in like the corporate webinars we give 
and like a performance model might be uh, for an individual task. So if you have somebody who's an accountant in a financial firm or if somebody's a business analyst, we'll give them this performance model to use. But it's very simple, like four step model, quantify, simplify, take action and assess. Most people, the vast majority of people will probably only do take action some people might quantify beforehand but if you take the example of uh okay owen needs to or timmy wants to squat 140 kilos so very simply timmy needs to look at quantifying things first so 40 kilos might be a 10 or 15 percent increase on his current one rm uh he might have to get a 10 or 15 percent increase last time he might have had to train for eight to ten weeks uh other things might be like he went up three and a half kilos in body weight to get her 10 or 15 percent increase last time so what will he have to do this time uh how many times a week he can train how intensely he can train what he'll have to do to aid his recovery so that'll be your quantification step simplification then and, and simplification isn't simply like me breaking down this paragraph into two or three words simplification would be taking the four factors that are going to affect that and then spread those laterally. So four factors might affect it. It would be maximal strength, uh, hypertrophy in the quads and glutes, uh, ability to train or putting your training resources other places, and your recovery. So like how well he's sleeping, how well he's eating. He needs to look at all of those and like simplify those down into each thing. So if I look at uh, quad hypertrophy, simplifying quad hypertrophy might be uh, calorie surplus targeted hi uh, hypertrophy work so like bodybuilding of the quads and then a technique that leads me to get quad hypertrophy during my back squats so those three simple things i've simplified out now my kind of main rate limiting factors i then take action take action is what everybody does all the time all of you guys and girls are training all the time you're always taking action so that's the simple part for almost everybody and then assess and that's one of the most important parts of like this performance model and most models we'd push would be assessing afterwards so if he makes the 140 squat or he makes 145 or he makes 137 and a half just having a five minute conversation where he's sitting down with a piece of paper in front of him and go back over those like factors he identified go back over what he wanted to do and assess how he did basically i think that's that's good enough hopefully timmy's gonna squat this is picking up my nose really an awful lot today are you nose breathing a lot have you been mewing I'm, i've been mewing since i was six years old but <laughs> buddy uh one thing that we've realized is just how fucked up my nose looks from the front uh, i didn't notice until you said it yeah nothing better than sitting in front of a webcam for hours and hours every day for you to notice inconsistencies mm -hmm. You gave yourself a great haircut, to be fair, though. I, this side is great. So, like, yeah. left side of my head, great. This side, yeah. which would always be the bad side, because that's how my hair goes to. I actually took a fucking chunk out back here. And I have a big lump in my head from getting kicked there before, so I just cut that a bit tighter and it doesn't look great. Was it an intentional or an accidental kick? Uh, oh, no, I was being a prick. Like, I fully deserved it. It was during a game. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for listening to the podcast as always if you could go and if you're listening on itunes give us a five-star rating we really really do appreciate that um or wherever you're listening to just rate it uh 
even if there's not a, a facility to rate. If you want more video content, go to our YouTube. Uh, so it's just Seek a Strength on YouTube. We have loads of videos up there. It's around five go up every week. Uh, and yeah, if you want coaching, go to seekstrength.com and you'll find us there.